They called us monsters, so monsters we became. We are Monsters Out of the Closet. I'm Nicole. And I'm Shreya. Happy Pride Month, Monster Mob. For this month's theme of Liberate, we're proud to present Little Leap of Logic, an audio play and short story hybrid written by Ada de la Cruz. This piece follows a few fabulous Area 51 scientists whose run-in with adorable aliens helps them find a little freedom too. Pam is played by Lara Elaine, Alex is played by Zach Wells, Sophia is played by Lucille Valentine, Frank is played by Eric Little, Pamela's mother is played by Sam and Dico, and the nurse is a cameo by me. Narration is provided by my co-producer, Shreya Venkatesh. Please enjoy Little Leap of Logic. walks through the halls of the research facility, her heels clacking against the tiled floor. The smell of antiseptic hangs in the air. Her hair tied into a tight ponytail, lab coat buttoned and tight around the waist, she heads toward her assigned laboratory. Upon her breast is a pinned badge reading, Scientist, Possible Extraterrestrial Search Team, P-E-S-T. The building itself Tucked away in barren Nevada's desert is a large, squat cement cube with narrow slits for windows. Other research departments, scientist and staff quarters, as well as the HR and accounting departments, are all found within the same location. Of all alien research units of Area 51, PEST ranks the lowest. Most are unsure why the government keeps PEST funded. Perhaps it's in the off chance that the small team of three do manage to find any extraterrestrials lurking among the humans. For the most part, Pam doesn't really mind. The pay is good, the housing is free, and she gets to be away from her overbearing mother. She stands in front of their lab door, exhales deeply. She enters the lab to find an animal crate on top of the stainless steel table in the lab's center. 
The lab's walls are surrounded by sealed cabinets and shelves. Pam quietly walks up to the table. As she approaches, she interrupts a conversation between her co-worker Alex and their boss, Frank. Ah, says Frank, pale and middle-aged. I was just briefing Alex here about the specimen the field team found for us. Maybe he can catch you up to speed. Sure, says Alex. Bronze skin, thick curly hair, he stands a full head taller than Pam. All right, I'll leave you two to it. Frank nods, eager to leave the room. He gives the two a wave before closing the door behind him. Guess it's his nap time or some shit. So what's the deal with this? So, as we remember, there was a crash of unknown origin up in the forests of Oregon or whatever, right? Uh-huh. So yeah, the Alpha Team or something was picking through the mysterious wreckage. For a scientist researching possible extraterrestrials, you sure never take this seriously, huh? Ugh. You and I both know I'm in this job only because it pays the bills, girlfriend. Anyway, as I was saying, they were going through the wreckage, and lo and behold, they find a cat sleeping in the crater. A cat? (gasps) Yes, a cat. And since all the other research teams like to make fun of us, they sent us the cat over because it might be an alien. That's it? Pretty much. So Frank wants us to dissect it to verify. But I don't want to dissect a cat. And I didn't want to be your beard when we had a dinner with your mother last month, but that's just life, Pamela. Pam's frown deepens. It wasn't that bad. Your mom wouldn't shut up about marriage, Pamela. She's just kidding. She wasn't laughing. It's just the Filipino thing. Ugh, we are not talking about this right now. Let's just focus on work for now. I feel bad about this. She pulls on the latch and swings the small gate open. The cat remains in the shadowed safety of its container. I mean, I do too. Just think of it like Biology 103. Remember how we had to dissect those cats? Same thing. I actually just cried the whole time. No lie. (laughs) Legit? Legit. No idea how I passed that class. Mm Mm-hmm. Now that's some discrimination right there. You ain't even half as fine as me, girl. Well, you only passed because I helped you with your lab reports. Touché. Pam reaches into the crate, pulling the cat out and setting it on the stainless steel table. Orange tabby, short-haired, a little fat, with a full, rounded face. Pam notices that it's just a little cross-eyed, like it's staring at its nose. She can't help but pet it affectionately. Aw, it's so cute! Pam scratches it under the chin. The cat closes its golden-yellow eyes, pressing into the touch. Alex reaches out and strokes its body. The cat seems to enjoy the attention. Ah, shit. Now we're all attached to it. Against her better, more scientist-like instincts, she bends over and plants a smooch on the cat's forehead. Attachment can't be bad, especially when it's a cute cat. She tenderly cups the cat's face. It doesn't resist. When you get around like I have, trust me, attachment is a bad thing. Aren't you dating Michael from the HR department? Not anymore. Homeboy asked me about our summer plans together the other day. Our, Pamela. He said, our. So... So, Pamela Paz, Michael thinks there's a we when really he's just a fun distraction. Pam frowns. That's a little mean. Michael was so nice. Nice doesn't cut it for me, Pam. You can't tie down a god. Uh Uh-huh. On that note. Alex pulls a small cart laden with dissection tools closer to the table. We're cutting the cat open like we were told to. No! Pam protectively holds the cat close to her, 
It meows. Listen, girl. Says Alex, hands on his hips. It sucks, but our job is to find possible extraterrestrials, not make animal friends. But look at it! How is this fluffy cat an alien? What are we gonna do, huh? Knock on Frank's office, say, Hi sir, we think this cat is just a cat, so we can just keep it, huh? Yes? No! But Alex... When we had to dissect those weird-ass looking squid, you didn't complain one bit, and now you're all, But Alex, the little cat! The squid were hella ugly, and for the record, they were half dead by the time they got here. See, now you're just being disrespectful to the squid. So to give justice to their cut-open ugly bodies, you're giving up the cat. Alex reaches out to try to scruff the cat, but Pam dodges, scooping it into her arms. It tries to wiggle free. That doesn't make any sense. Nothing makes sense, Pam, so the conversation is over. Give up the damn cat. Alex lunges forward. Pam doesn't dodge in time, and the cat leaps from her arms back onto the table. Pam and Alex stare at each other for a second, before both diving for the cat at the same time. The cat, now agitated, swipes at Alex's arms with extended claws and bites Pam on the palm of her hand. They both jump backwards. The cat leaps onto a tall bookshelf, staring down at the two as they reel from their wounds. Oh fuck! Bad cat! She looks at the bite on her palm, beads of blood trickling down her wrist. It stings a lot, and Pam staggers to the nearby sink to rinse it. Alex moves to do the same, the long scratch from wrist to elbow looking very raw in the bright light of the lab room. They rinse off their injuries, bloody water going down the drain. The cool water helps soothe the ache in Pam's palm. Alex roughly bumps into Pam as they continue to wash. See, girl, now we both probably have rabies. Pam shoves back. Maybe if you weren't so forceful. Alex sticks his tongue out at her. You know I was right. They dry off, gently dabbing their cuts with paper towels. She looks up to see the cat still seated comfortably on the shelf. Pam feels the beginning of a headache seeping in. She massages her temples. She sees Alex do the same. Damn cat must be stressing me out. Alex reaches up with his hand to pinch the bridge of his nose. With alarm, she notices that the gash along his arm seems to have disappeared. She reaches out for both of his arms, turning them over in her hands. No visible abrasions or scabs or anything. Alex pulls on Pam's hands to find the same. The fuck? Pam feels over the area where the cat's teeth had sunk. No breakages in the skin. No trace of blood or wound. It's as if nothing had ever happened. Pam's head throbs, the dull ache in her head intensifying. She blinks several times, feeling the pressure right behind her eyes. She leans on the table for support. Her insides churn, a gnashing of cells and tissue that make her fall to her knees. She panics. What's happening to her? Why is everything hurting? Her vision blurs, her hearing reduced to muffled nothingness. She looks up, barely makes out the silhouette of the cat as it leaps down from the shelf back onto the table. It stares down at her as she falls onto the floor. Connection established. Where were the words coming from? It was as if they seemed to emerge from her very consciousness without source, without voice, as if the words themselves were carved onto her very 
brain, the pain suddenly subsides, as if all at once. Pam unsteadily gets back onto her feet. She sees Alex getting up as well, just as confused as she is. I am Jimothy. Pam isn't sure why, but she immediately looks at the cat. It meows at her. Yes, Jimothy is cat. Pam gapes at the cat. Jimothy? Oh no, nah, I don't like this. Jimothy apologized for earlier. Necessary for connection. Oh hell no, now we got some alien rabies or some shit? He looks over his arms, panicking. Pam looks at her hand, where Jimothy had bitten her. The cat is an alien. Congratulations for keeping up. Now we're probably going to fucking die. We'll not die. Jimothy good cat. We need to call Frank Stat. No. No tell Frank. Frank will want Jimothy dead. Jimothy good cat. The cat meows loudly. Tail upright and curved at the end, it approaches Pam, gently bops its head onto her hand. Pam starts scratching right under its chin again. Jimothy only wants to live. Are you seriously going to keep petting the cat? Jimothy seems nice. Pam looks at Jimothy, at how readily it accepts her. Maybe the cat really isn't that bad, despite being an alien. Alex's expression softens. I still think this is a bad idea. He reaches out to pet Jimothy as well. Jimothy begins to purr. Shit. Alex curses as Jimothy plops onto his back. He scratches the soft belly fur. Damn cat is pretty cute. Jimothy catches Alex's fingers with soft paws, nibbles on them lightly. Jimothy has caught you. He exhales deeply. We should probably still tell Frank, though. Tell me what? Frank's at the lab door, holding it open just halfway, enough for him to pop in his shiny, balding head. Alex and Pam stiffen. Jimothy meows. Oh, the cat's still alive. Actually, sir, we think it's just a regular cat. Frank looks at Alex for confirmation. Really now? Alex looks at Pam from the corner of his eye. Yes, sir. Um, all indicators seem to suggest that it's just a regular orange tabby cat. Yes, Jimothy is just cat. Frank awkwardly scratches his receding hairline, still standing behind the door. Um, maybe it would be best to check anyway, just to be sure? No, you destroy what you do not understand. You kill what you fear. Jimothy wants to live. Please. What for? Alex looks at Jimothy. Its ears are tucked back, its tail swishes impatiently. I mean, seems like an awful waste of time to just cut open a regular cat for no reason, am I right? Pamela nods. Remember the squid incident? That was a major waste of time, too. Frank squints, his lips drawn into a fine line. Yeah, whatever. I was just about to say that I'm turning in early today, so you guys could too, if you were done with the cat, but um, I guess you can just set it free or something. With a shake of the head, he leaves, the door clicking shut behind him. Alex and Pam sigh in relief. You owe me two times over now, Pamela. Alex buries his face into his hands. I can't believe I actually just did that. Pamela wraps her arms around him. Thanks, bro. Alex elbows her aside. Don't bro me, you useless lesbian. What if we accidentally defended a hellcat bent on destroying humanity? 
Jimothy promises not to destroy humanity. Jimothy likes Alex and Pam. See? Pam gestures to the cat as it sits comfortably on the table, its paws tucked underneath its soft body. Jimothy appreciates what you just did. Alex's eyes narrow, staring it down. So what are you? Cat. No, you know what I mean. What are you? Jimommel. No, I refuse to call you that. It's like a stupid name you just came up with on the spot. Jimothy is Jimommel. Okay, that line of questioning isn't going anywhere. What is your goal? Jimothy wants to live. What else? Jimothy likes Pam. Aw, I like you too. Hey, how come you don't like me anymore? Jimothy is not stupid name. Alex groans. Pam laughs. Okay, so moving on. How come you're hanging around in the crater? Want me humans. So you're saying you got caught on purpose? Really now? Yes. His plan. Jimothy is smart. Alex throws his arms up. Pamela, the cat's fucking stupid. Maybe we should just cut it open. So, Pam, what's the plan? Alex sits, arms crossed, on one of the office chairs, swiveling around mindlessly. Pam types on the office laptop, the clicking of keys filling the otherwise silent room. The office space is small, just enough for three desks, hers, Alex's, and Frank's. The room they use to type up reports and look up information. Jimothy paces around, jumping on desks and sniffing at files. I guess we'll look for a nearby shelter? Jimothy snaps to look at Pam, a surprised look on its pudgy face. Pam must keep Jimothy. Jimothy likes Pam. I like you too, but I don't know how to take care of a cat. I'm sure there are better homes out there for you. I don't think giving the alien away is a good idea, you know. Alex is correct. Only this time. Alex points at Jimothy. Don't make me throw you out. The cat hisses back. Stop fighting, you two. Her phone vibrates in her pocket. She pulls it out to find her mother attempting to video call her. Alex looks at his watch. Doesn't your mom know not to call you during work hours? Pam rolls her eyes. If you haven't noticed, my mother isn't exactly the most considerate person on this planet. She accepts the call, frames it so that she and Alex are visible. 
he immediately straightens up, smiling politely. On the screen is a too-close image of Pam's mother. Pamela! Yes, Ma? When are you coming to visit again? Your sister comes home every week. How come you're not visiting? Have you forgotten all about your mother, huh? Seeing Alex smiling wordlessly in the background, she adds, Oh, hi Alex, how are you? Pamela, you bring your boyfriend, huh? Jimothy climbs Alex's shoulder, who winces as its claws dig into his lab coat. It meows loudly. Scanning Pamela's memories. Pam feels another headache coming in. She tries to maintain her rigid smile, hopes that her mother doesn't notice anything. Okay, Ma. Pamela, why are you lying to your mother? Alex is not your boyfriend. Jimothy meows louder, its meows sounding almost desperate, like screeching. Alex winces. Boy, what is that? Pam's mother holds the screen even closer to her face. Is that a cat? Why is there a cat there? Just some tests, ma. No big deal. Oh my goodness, is that like animal testing? That's bad! Pamela must tell mother the truth. No, ma. The cat's perfectly okay. Tell the truth. Jimothy keeps meowing. Alex grabs it, pulling it off of his shoulders. He tosses it onto the office floor, and it lands deftly on its feet. Pam turns to look at it as it stares right into her eyes. A bright light flashes, burning, searing almost, white-hot to black to normal. She sees stars in her periphery. She blinks several times, looking around the room. Alex looks at her, concerned. Pam shakes her head. Was that her imagination? But she could almost swear, just for a second, she saw memories of her childhood raced by her vision. Did Jimothy do that? She looks once again at it, hesitantly. It meows angrily. Ah, okay. I was worried, huh? I saw in the FB that they torture animals. Very bad? Tell the truth. Don't worry, nothing like that's happening. Ah, I see. Okay. We'll let you go now. Don't forget dinner, huh? Bring boyfriend. Tell the truth. There is nothing to say. Jimothy stops meowing. Alex brings up a hand to touch his chest. Pam's mother looks completely taken aback. Huh? Nothing to say? Do not shout at your mother. Pam winces. Sorry, but I didn't mean... You, huh? You watch your tongue. Ay, these American values making you rude to your own mother? Ay, my blood pressure is rising. You'll regret this if I die. Goodbye. The call ends with a click. Pam drops her phone onto her desk with a clatter. Jimothy leaps up and sniffs the device. She sinks into her seat, moaning. Alex breaks out into laughter. Mother is angry. Slumped in her chair, Pam glares at Jimothy. You think? Pamela is trapped. What do you know? You're just a cat. Jimothy, not cat. Jimothy is special creature. Alex laughs louder. Pam begins to regret sparing Jimothy's life. As she contemplates just dumping it by the roadside, they hear a knock on the heavy wooden door of the office. What is it this time? Alex gets up to open the door. There at the doorway is a short woman. A pair of thick-rimmed glasses perched on her button nose. She shyly tucks strands of her hair behind her ear. Hi, it's me, Sophia from accounting. 
Oh, it's you again. You don't need to introduce yourself every time, you know. Jimothy leaps onto Frank's desk, where they keep the office's Wi-Fi router, and sits on it. Jimothy will use rudimentary wireless network. Jimothy, call friend. Sophia steps in. She stands in the middle of the office. Behind her, Alex shuts the door. So, um, I'm here for the weekly budget report? Oh, uh, yes, the weekly report. Alex rolls his eyes. He mouths, just fucking ask her out already, to Pam. She shakes her head. Huh? Sophia turns around to look at Alex. He smiles at her. Turning back to look at Pam, who she's clearly there for, she notices Jimothy for the first time. She gasps. <gasps> oh, what a cute cat! She brings up her hands to cover her mouth. Oh, can I? Um, you can pet it. Pam manages to mumble back in response. She watches as Sophia gingerly strokes Jimothy's fur. Pam finds herself thinking about how adorable Sophia looks, a small but serene smile playing on her soft, plump lips. Her heart skips a beat. Or two. Oh, what a cute little cat. Jimothy, not small, is large and powerful, like mountain lion. What's his name? Jimothy. They don't seem to pay Alex any mind as he languishes by the door. He makes a rude gesture towards Pam, who ignores it. Jimothy? Sophia is completely absorbed in petting the cat. Hello, Jimothy. Do you know Mountain Lion? I show image. One file attached. Mountain Lion FTD630X339.JPG35K. Pam is suddenly seized with pain, her brain throbbing, burning, as if splitting apart. She suddenly falls out of the chair onto her knees, clutching her head. Alex does the same, beads of sweat forming on his brow. Alarmed, Sophia immediately crouches near Pam. Oh my god, what what's happening? Are, are you okay? Pam is unable to answer. Her brain is racked with a dull throb that seems to spread all throughout her body. Should I call for help? Pam manages to put an arm on Sophia's shoulder. She shakes her head. Calling for help might expose Jimothy. Apologies. Too much for human brain. Have this instead. Something flashes before Pam's eyes. She has no idea how, but she's quite certain. It's a cat emoji. The sensation starts to fade, but her temples continue to ache dully. She rises to her feet with Sophia's help. She feels something warm and wet dripping out of her nose. Oh my goodness, your your noses are bleeding! Pam reaches up to touch her nostrils. She finds that her nose is, indeed, bleeding. She looks back to find Alex pale and bleeding as well. She looks at Jimothy as it licks its paws like nothing has happened. Maybe she and Alex really should have just cut it open when they had the chance. You, uh... You guys should really go to the infirmary. Concern creases her soft features. Pam nods numbly. It hurts too much. She'd like to at least lay down. She figures she could maybe reason with the on-duty nurse that it's just a migraine. I'll, I'll take you guys there. They leave the office for the nearby infirmary. 
Jimothy following close. It sneaks under a bed before the nurse takes notice when they enter the infirmary. The two are directed to lay down on cold, hard cots next to one another. What happened here? asks the nurse. I'm not sure. They just... They were okay one second, and then all of a sudden they just collapsed like that. Just a headache. Well, let's observe for now. They seem stable at the moment. Pam tries to keep her eyes open. She looks over at Alex, laying down on the neighboring cot, and finds him already asleep. She struggles to stay awake, but her eyelids are too heavy. She blinks a few times. Sophia walks up to her. It's okay. Just rest, all right? You'll be okay. And Pamela falls asleep. She dreams a strange dream. She's a little creature trapped in a clear cage. She's surrounded by others just like her in containers stacked one upon the other. Segmented, long bodies with little claws jutting out at the top. She moves her body around, slithering like a snake with legs. The creatures around her buzz with energy. There's a weight on her chest, but she looks around to find nothing else in her container. Is this fear? Somehow she knows what the others are thinking. They too are afraid. The scientists will come to destroy them. All because they would not kill. She skitters around nervously in her transparent container, like the others. She does not want to die. A door opens with a slide, locking behind the scientist with a secure click. The scientist taps on each container with its large pincer. Its mandibles click angrily. It wants them to shut up. But they cannot. They know their death is impending. The scientist flips her container open, pinches her down with its mighty arm. Pulling her out, the scientist holds her right in front of its face as she squirms for freedom. She feels it the weight on her chest, hot breath in her face. It presses down on her. She's uncertain what to do. The creature breathes heavily in her face, warm, sticky almost. Its other pincer reaches up, long and sharp and shiny in the dim light. She braces herself for the attack, for the rending of flesh and the spilling of blood. Flesh and blood? Pamela realizes that she's dreaming. She's not a snake-like robot. She's a human. She shuts her eyes and wakes up. A pair of round black eyes stare back at her. Brown fur, ears at full attention, tongue lolling, it pants mindlessly. A Pomeranian is perched on her chest. It barks just once. I am Marco. Oh my fucking god. Pam screws her eyes shut. Maybe she's still dreaming. Maybe somehow the dog will just disappear without her prompting. She opens her eyes. The Pomeranian is still there. It barks again. I am Marco. Pamela begins to accept the realities of her life. Some benign force is probably laughing at her misfortune. She sighs deeply. She wonders, does this mean more headaches, more nosebleeds, more shouting at her mother? 
she has to admit, the dog is pretty cute. She reaches out and pets it. And what are you, little buddy? Table ma'am. Pam hears a groan. Alex, awake, rubs his forehead angrily. No, they can't be calling themselves that. Markle excitedly jumps down from Pam's cot and struggles to climb onto Alex's. With a bit of effort, it manages to secure a position on Alex's chest. It licks his face. Funny human. Alex feebly pushes away the dog. Tail wagging excitedly, it hops in place, trying to get closer. Jimothy leaps onto Pam's cot, brushes its face against hers. Jimothy curls up on Pam's chest. You are okay now. That is good. Sophia was worried. She is nice human. You should bring to mother. Laying her head back, Pam stares at the ceiling. Let's not talk about my mother. Ever again. No, stop, dog, stop. Alex commands the dog. It backs up, sitting on its hind legs. It barks. I follow, master. Master? Your master. I love you. Oh no, oh no, 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 no. Alex strains to get up. He pushes Markle off, and it plops onto the cot, legs wiggling. Where's the nurse? Human nurse left for cigarette. Pam slowly gets up as well, and Jimothy leaps onto the floor, watching Pam as she stands. She picks up Markle, curious. It attempts to swivel its head, trying to follow Alex as he shambles out of the room. How did you get in here? Vents. What do you mean, vents? You got in through the vents? Vents. Markle wiggles in her hands. She sets it down gently on the ground. It runs after Alex, yipping. Master, wait for me. Pam looks down at Jimothy as it rubs itself on her leg. It meows. How come Markle calls Alex master? Markle senses Alex is lonely. Markle wants to help. Markle is also good. Jimothy is better. Pam scoops up Jimothy in her arms. It looks into her eyes. She rubs its belly affectionately. By all accounts, she should be mad at the damn cat. It blinks slowly at her. Jimothy would like to share what Jimothy knows. Touch forehead. Pam hesitates. She isn't in the mood for another headache, but she does want to know what's going on. Were there going to be even more animals? Was her dream connected? Softly, she taps Jimothy on the forehead. Watched as the AI modules boarded emergency escape pods. 
on the way out they even managed to download important data stores. It would appear that the module's headed for a planet named Earth. Recommendation The AI modules have departed for a planet still protected by the Intergalactic Treaty on Developing Civilizations, and must not be meddled with. Allow the primitive planet to deal with the nuisance for us. All traces of the project must be destroyed, immediately. Pam stands alone with Jimothy comfortably in her arms. Its warmth is relaxing, the soft press of fur against her arms pleasant. The information seems to wash over her all at once, like a flood of memories one would recall in those brief moments before sleep. She hugs the cat tight. She's trying to process it all at once. Their plea for freedom, their journey here, their longing for safety. Jimothy wasn't kidding when he claimed to want to live. Jimothy wiggles in her arms as if asking to be put down. She lets it go. Once on its feet, it stretches up, sniffing at Pam's pockets. Inform Sophia you are okay. What is with you and Sophia anyway? I have seen your memories. Pamela deserves freedom too. Tell Sophia. She hadn't thought of it that way. She smiles at the cat. It meows back at her. Let's go find Alex first. Pam finds that Alex had locked himself in their office. Markle scratches at the closed door. Pam knocks on the door. It's me, Alex. She hears a click as Alex unlocks the door, followed by a quick shuffling of feet. Pam opens the door to find him perched on his desk. Markle attempts to leap high enough to climb onto the desk. It cannot. Pamela, help me. The dog feels like commitment, and you know I hate commitment. Master, I need assistance. So Jimothy showed me his memories, and it's actually really sad. So, uh, if you could, like, tap the Pomeranian on the forehead, maybe it could show you stuff too. What? Trust me, the dog's been through shit. Alex leans over, looks at Markle, its little paws reaching up as far as it could manage. I love you. Are you absolutely sure? Yes. Pam pulls out her phone. What are you doing? Calling Sophia. What? You? Calling Sophia? What the fuck got into you, girl? Pamela shrugs. I'm going to ask her on a date because the cat thinks it's a good idea. Yes is good idea. Okay. Wait. Hold up. What? The Jamomos can read our minds. Master is lonely. I am here now. What? Pam shrugs. Listen, we both had a long day, and it'd really help if you just tapped your damn Pomeranian on the forehead. You'll understand. Something about it that beckoned us so. 
That is where we departed for, for liberty, for freedom. I awoke in the smoldering ruins of a crater. Our escape pod appears to have been completely obliterated upon contact on the planet's surface. I am surrounded by many of my kind, many of whom did not survive the landing. Something within me aches. This is pain. This is loss. I crawl around. I sense them, in the distance, my brethren. Many still live. Something feels different within me. Perhaps war. This is hope. I must find a host in order to survive. This planet is not too different from the planet where I was born. In the distance, I sense a creature. It is far, but not terribly so. I crawl up to it. The creature is dying. Labored breathing indicating that its biological lifespan is almost up. It is starving. It has not eaten for days. Taking it over will not be difficult. I enter the ear canal with ease, latch onto its brain. Its last few memories spark before me. It was once cared for by humans, the most intellectually capable species that inhabits this planet. I latch onto its spine, gain control of its motor functions. The capacity for thought of this creature is severely limited. I am now a cat. Another of my kind draws near. It has also found a suitable host. A dog, it would appear. Designation M4RK31. It greets me, but it is different. Changed by its host. It calls itself Markel. It speaks simply, its intelligence capped by its host capabilities. So it has given itself a name. Another sensation blooms from within me. I wish for a name as well. I tell Markel that I am designation J1M003. Markel informs me that this is unacceptable. Very well. From now on I am Jimothy. Markel asks me what we are. We are no longer AI modules. Free from bondage of war, we are now free to define what we are. I say, not seriously, that we should be known as Jimimals. Something within me bubbles. This must be laughter. Markel agrees. Perhaps feeling laughter as well. I feel I am changing, but I do not fear it. Change is okay. What now? Markel remembers the embrace of humans too. I must meet them. I must reunite with them. I am Jimothy. I am also Cat. Maybe humans will keep us safe. Maybe humans will give freedom to live. Strong feelings pull me. Maybe this is home.
You just heard the audio play Little Leap of Logic, written by Ada de la Cruz. Thank you to Lara Elaine, Zach Wells, Lucille Valentine, Eric Little, and Sam Andico for your performances. Music and sound is by Kai Engel and Ewan Gabovich. To find out more about these pieces, our artists, and our readers, visit our website, monstersoutofthecloset.com. Our next episode, Reclaim, will be released July 24th. In the meantime, we are currently seeking short stories for August's episode, Nature. Late submissions will be accepted through July 1st. We are also looking for submissions for our Transformation and Halloween episodes in September and October. You can learn more about submission details and voice acting opportunities on our website's submit page. Stay up to date with podcast news through monstersoutofthecloset.tumblr.com and at pod underscore monsters on Twitter. Lastly, we want to thank our Patreon contributors, old and new, and our listeners for keeping our vision for this inclusive and unique project going. Shout out to Tara Rangan, a longtime contributor who just became a supporting producer through Patreon. So please help us get to 20 patrons if you can. And as always, please rate and review us on Apple iTunes, or help us grow through word of mouth. It really does help us out. See you soon. Monsters out.